and welcome to episode 118 of the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast. We don't always, it hasn't been forever that we've given the number, but lately it feels like a real accomplishment to have made it this far. Uh, Today uh, we are going to talk about caregiving and the uh, increasing psychological, emotional, physical burden on caregivers and the number of caregivers uh, that are, are increasingly being needed. But we also uh, want to comment on some things that have happened recently that really have have hit our hearts. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. It's one, what, 118 episode? Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Things are happening so fast every week that it just gives us plenty of, plenty of things to plug our show into. And this last, uh, w- where we've been off, we usually are now doing it every other week. Yeah. There has been so much that's happened. In the last two weeks, so many <laughs> Very, very strong. Yeah. Um, we've seen an awful lot about caregivers. Um, we've also seen families suffering. Um, our, our nonprofit originally started just for veterans and their families and caregivers. <laughs> we opened it up after, uh, was it around the pandemic when it was taking over? We opened it up yeah. to all, all. all caregivers and uh, their families. But I'll be honest with you, <clears throat> this week has just jolted and rocked me um, to see what we have done and to see the young faces of those beautiful soldiers, Marines, and one Navy person and one Army, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It, it just, it, it broke my heart. It really touched me deeply. They were the ones that were killed they were in the explosion killed. at the Kabul airport. Yes, and you know, they were trying to do a good job and they were trying to help people escape that miserable country. What I saw, too, was the incredible grief and pain of the families that uh, lost their loved one. It touched us deeply. We do see a lot of death and dying. We help a lot of families. We help a lot of families who deal with sickness and, and wounds and, and dying. We, i got to say, I, I've never seen it like this in all the years I've been at work. But that is what we deal with an awful lot. <clears throat> this added to it this week so much. The intensity revved up quite a bit. Um, it was a heartbreaking week. There is no way to smooth it over. And that was the other disappointment, to say the least, to watch how people politically try to um, spin on it and cover it up and make it less than it is. I just, frankly, I don't care what political party it is, it's just the wrong way to do it. The most important thing we find is to acknowledge the pain, to face it, to be open and to have an open ear to those that are grieving, that are hurting, um, those that are dealing with the suffering and the pain. Uh, we find that that's so important to acknowledge, not to put a spin on it, cover it up or minimize it. So um, I stay, my heart is with the families of the loved ones. I'm heartbroken that we've lost 13 beautiful young people that we're trying to do a really good job representing our country and our military. So I want to put out our strong gratitude and love and appreciation to those families and to the many others that were wounded and the families that are going to be dealing with that um, and the recoveries, which I hope will go. I think there are a lot of families grieving anew again 
for their service members that died over the years in Afghanistan. And that's the Watching other... this retreat, this pullout, and the way it's been handled has stimulated uh, their grief again. To be honest with you, this, those are the only people I give credibility to when I listen. I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. Because those people sacrifice so much, their friends, their loved ones, their limbs. Um, and I and I see how this has just churned up so much in them of their own grief mm -hmm. and their own losses and pain. And I, it, you can't help but hear it. It doesn't matter what political show they're on or whatever they're on. When those, when those veterans speak, or their families, or their families, we listen. And we're not the only ones listening. Our hearts go out to you all too. Yes. Um, anyway, we're going to be moving on because we feel that we. Um, we did something in the beginning of the podcast series. Um, I know it was pretty extensive training, but we had a, a heart um, for what caregivers and what we call empaths, people who give of themselves and don't run away when they see difficulties, but face it and embrace it and do everything they can, as painful as it may be. But we see the toll it takes. We understand um, what caring for someone who's very sick or wounded or ill or dying, what it really entails and how much it takes it takes for a caregiver. And I'm re I want to include the first responders, the nurses, the doctors. Um, they've all gone through so much. And we have talked to so many nurses that no matter how much money they're being offered, they do not want to go back to work. No, there's a real shortage. And they have, they've had it. They're burned out. We developed programs long, quite a while ago and training programs how to prevent burnout, and how to restore people who have been burned out, which is a very tough deal. Um, in fact, we started this when we were brought in by the VA many years ago. About 10 to, or 11 years ago, yeah. Isn't that? Yeah. For combat, combat treatment, combat uh, crisis, crisis treatment, treatment teams. teams. And most of them, nurses, doctors, frontline workers, were so burned out. They were. So angry and so overloaded with bureaucratic uh, Nonsense. The burdens on them were, were very high. And we were brought in for a year to work with them, and we learned a lot. We really did. Um, we had to help them, and they were dealing with a very difficult system, the VA system at the time. They were, they were overloaded, and they really had a heart for giving. These were not the people that ran away. These were the people in the midst of everything, and they, were, they paid dearly. So we developed protocols and training programs for them to restore them, and what they needed to pay attention to. So we've got, I thought about that lately and said, you know, we did some wonderful podcasts. We called it Lynn's Legacy, my wife who's passed now for four and a half months, um, on what we learned about being caregivers ourselves and what we not only have written, but also what we've read. There's a lot. I read editorials every day. Mm -hmm. on the New York Times and then the Wall Street Journal talking about the burden of caregiving mm -hmm. and what an enormity this is. And they're right. And they're right. There's f what I, one statistic that came, there are 42 million, am I right? Mm -hmm. Unpaid. Unpaid caregivers at this point. Those caregivers that we know, even though they work so hard, also live very, they, <laughs> they live at a subsistence level and they work very hard. Um, it's not a profession that's given the respect that it deserves. No, it isn't. We consider it a very high calling. Um, we've developed a model based on um, what we were involved with that hospice has told us, I understand it better now that my wife has passed and I have a little time to reflect. 
They said we they've never had seen such an exquisite model of caregiving. We we developed a team approach. We work very closely with hospice here, and also with hospice in Florida, who are people who are taking care of my 96-year-old mother. And we have the same, we get the same kind of input from both of them. Mm -hmm. And we work closely with them, but they are, they were very impressed. I'll tell you the truth, we didn't know to be impressed. We had, we had everything coming at us so fast, and we dealt with it beautifully. I know we did, and I'm so grateful to this day for everyone that's, was involved. But I also know the toll that it took. And so we've developed these protocols. I felt that it's time for us to go back over some of them and be beginning to support and re-educate caregivers on self-care right? and how important it is and how deadly it is if you don't use it. We've often used the words uh, resilience and renewal in the programs that we've put together for caregivers and we would like to start giving some very practical suggestions as part of our podcast because we feel that we have very likely many caregivers out listening to us at this point. I hope so and our hearts are with you and we're caregivers. I, again, I, say, I think it's one of the highest callings that I've ever seen mm -hmm. and one of the most sacrificial selfless things to do. And the other thing that we see, at least I know I, and I'm seeing it right now with a friend of mine, is that caregivers don't often know that they're in trouble until they're really, really in trouble. They tend to uh, often start to feel like, they may start to feel like things are not going quite right, but they just got to keep going. Yeah. Just keep going until they reach the point where they really almost can't anymore. And then they're burned out. They don't want to work in there. They're looking for ways out. We've seen a lot of that. Right. We've been called in. On, on situations uh, where the caregivers were in such bad shape, we had to find caregivers for uh, people who were, who were, you know, dependent very quickly. Yeah. That's how we one of the other ways that we've gotten started. But you know, one of the things that comes to mind about caregivers is they're empaths. They're people that give of themselves, and they have that capability of giving energy and caring to others. Um, Not by energy. What do you mean by giving energy? You mean by giving energy? Yeah, because I know you're also going to say that there's an exchange, that they not only give it, they receive it. Okay. We all, we all have, uh, are made up of, of energy within ourselves. Um, every cell in our body has, is energized and has energy. We are energetic beings. Um, there are things that happen that interfere with the natural flow of energy and we've done, I did my PhD in it, in fact, and worked in it for many years. There's many things that could happen along the way to, to dis, uh, disconnect or disrupt a natural flow of energy. Um, but we all, we all have it. It's usually something that we hold in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are some of us that are very sensitive to that and other people that have very little sensitivity to it and know what's going on. We have found, though, that... Um, in an exchange of a care in a caregiving situation for those people that are really engaged, um, what we discover is that there is a natural give and take um, of energy. We're dealing with people that are helpless, um, um, who are sick, who are dying, who are, or, or are wounded, and as we give energy, we're also absorbing 
some of the energy they're putting out. It just goes with the territory. But at the same time, it's not what you would call an even exchange because we're putting out an awful lot to people that aren't in much shape to give anything. So caring involves a lot of giving of energy mm -hmm. and care to someone and the person receiving it can't give all that much back, no. but there is something coming back. There will, there, if you do this right, we found it's probably the most fulfilling thing we've ever done. Um, I can attest to that. Um, there are folks that look at it and get so upset or so frightened at what they're looking at, they just can't be around it. Um, we're not talking about those because that's pretty rough stuff. We're talking about the people that are willing to engage and right. pour out a lot of themselves, their empathy, their everything, their skills and everything they've got. Um, but what they forget to do, and this is easy to have happen, is how to take care of themselves, how to replenish themselves. Not to become depleted. Mm -hmm. and, right. and how to be aware of the depletion and what toll it takes on the body. And um, a lot of folks, I have to say, when you're taking care of a sick person, um, it's very easy to put yourself aside. And I'm not talking about selfless giving, because that's very much part of this. I'm talking about you're looking at them and you're taking care of them and going, now how can I even think of myself when they're in such bad shape? All of us go through that at points. People with empathy and compassion often really have a sensitivity to thinking that they can't take care of themselves. Big mistake that we all make. I want to just say that. Mm -hmm. We all make it. Um, we learned and I learned personally, deeply, how important it is to recognize who we are, what, what, what wounds we carry, um, what, what energetic dis uh, trouble we have, or just to know ourselves, to be aware and sensitive to ourselves and what's the norm for who we are. Now, I'm not talking about you have to be normal, just who you are and the norm of who you are, what you feel like, what your energy is like, what your body feels like, all of those things are very important and there's things to be paying attention to because once you start absorbing the energy of someone you're caring for who's, in, who's very distressed or depleted, um, it be, you begin to take on their energy and it causes an overload and a burden to you. The, 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 it's very important to be able to differentiate the energy you're taking on from the person you're giving care to and the need and your own. And here's another thing. People get confused. But yeah, and they, it's easy to get confused. It is, it is. We find it's essential to be to restore yourself to know. Hey, I've taken on a lot. Um, I'm feeling wiped out. I'm feeling, I'm in pain. Uh, I'm hurting emotionally, physically. My thoughts aren't good. Um, I'm not getting restored as well as I used to get restored when mm -hmm. I take a break. Mm -hmm. That's because you, when you're aware of yourself and your body, you know. You're being depleted, you're, you're not replenishing yourself, and it's because you know who you are, what you feel like, and what your body feels like, and what your energy is like, that when you, that happens, you know, wait a minute, this is not the norm for me. Mm -hmm. And that's the time that you have to reevaluate. Um, there are different things that begin to happen that are indicators. Um, that this is going on, and I, we've, write, we've written a lot about this, we've written manuals, um, but we, I'm just looking at one, and some of the uh, characteristics, and I, maybe we ought to read some, just to... They're, they're really 
they're not complicated and yet they're very helpful to remember. Yeah. There's something you want me to read? Yeah, you go ahead. Read? So, yeah. so what we put together is um, there are different levels of distress uh, that caregivers can feel. The first one we called stress. The next level was compassion fatigue. And then a word that the next one, burnout. That one's more familiar. So experiencing stress on the job, some basic characteristics are that you still like your job. You mm -hmm. want to be doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, you like or love the person you're caring for. Um, and when you're tired, you're usually able to recover in a day or two. Caregiving is, in, even in the basic level, a stressful job. Yeah. And that's pretty much just kind of your basic level. Mm -hmm. If the stress is starting to build up and you are instead feeling compassion fatigue, you are starting to feel some sad dissatisfaction with aspects of your job. Some parts of it are not so satisfying. You may still like and love the person you're caring for. Um, but when you get tired, you get tired more easily and it takes you longer to recover. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not overnight. Maybe a good night's sleep isn't going to do it. Maybe you need a day off. And that's not always possible. Mm -hmm. Burnout is much further down the road. Uh, in burnout, typically, the, the classic definition of burnout is you no longer like your job and you're ready to quit. You even have lost the ability to care about the person you're caring for. You're overwhelmed by what they need from you and feel unequipped to meet that. Mm -hmm. You're exhausted and it almost feels like no time at all is, is going to restore you to where you need to be. Right. I think these are some good outlines. We're going to talk about a lot more specifics as we go along. But one of the things that we, we I want to just point out right off the top is the qualities of a caregiver. They have empathy, compassion, and a real motivation to assist and help. And they're willing to face what's going on as difficult as it may be and not run away and be in the midst of the, the, where the needs are even if it hurts them. Yes. And uh, these are great qualities. Not everybody has them. It's a sacrificial it's, quality. It's, we call it an extraordinary reality. It's a different reality. The other is being like doing this kind of work, the other thing that makes it extra, an extraordinary reality is it makes us face ourselves very painfully. Mm -hmm. uh, we're dealing with Jenny's husband is, is taking on some caregiving for the first time. And he's doing a really, we're very proud of him. He's doing a sweet job some very difficult circumstances. Very challenging situation. But we're hearing him in the very early stages, mm -hmm. and we can support him, but we see the grief that Britt is bringing up in him. Mm -hmm. We see the pain he's in, that he wants to fix the person, and yeah. he can't. Yeah. We all have done this. He wants more control than is possible. And we, he can't, yeah. and none of us can. When we're dealing with dire situations, so classic. we can't fix. We have to learn to make the person comfortable, love them through it, mm -hmm. respond to their more immediate needs, knowing that we're not going to be able to fix them. It's not in our hands to do that. Mm -hmm. um, her husband is in the early stages. He's a fixer. And guess what? He's realizing he can't do it. Mm -hmm. There are things that he can do, and we're encouraging him to do that, and that's a little new to him. But the thing we see what it's doing to him right now, and he's looking at himself, and it's very painful to feel that helpless. It's very painful to see difficult situations in the caregiving uh, uh, situation that he's in and not be able to do very much about it. So um, he's, he's learning, 
we all go through this, but it's very confrontive. Very. Because it throws us back on ourselves. We can go in with the best intentions, but it brings you to a reality after a while of realizing our fantasies don't necessarily match reality. And um, Dwight, who we love and are very proud of, he is facing the earth. I'm watching this and going, you know, you're, we're veterans, but we have we all went through this, and yeah. it is very hard. We can come, we can um, empathize empathize with where he and is. the grief and, and the, the grief, grief and the that pain stimulates so much. Yeah, and we see a lot of people that we help that are caregivers. They grieve. Yeah, they carry a lot of grief. How they handle it, um, again, can lead to burnout or can lead to not only restoration, but fulfillment too. Yeah. And we are working on teaching folks how to, number one, take care of their bodies, mm -hmm. take care of their minds and their spirit, whatever spiritual life they have, that's very important. But also, um, uh, what was I going to say? to take care of their minds, their bodies, their spiritual. Yeah. And and I'm gonna jump in and say that we're we're just about out of time. Really? Then I forgot the last part of it. Isn't that so it's maybe a stay tuned. That'll tell you how much work we do here. <laughs> and you know how much we're overwhelmed. But I'll tell you what, there's a way of becoming fulfilled with this work that makes you oh, yeah. become so much more clear about who you're meant to be what your purpose is in life, mm -hmm. what your higher calling is. Yes. Um, and yes, you're going to give a lot, and the person you're caring for may not be able to return much. It's astounding how fulfilling yes. this work can be. I don't know anything else more fulfilling. I agree. I agree. And that's where we discover resilience. That's where we discover so meaning, many new things. Meaning in life. Yes. Is, is and, that's cool. what, and that's what we want to convey. There is hope, even mm -hmm. in the midst of the horrors that we, we work in, that we help a lot of other people work in. We're not saying, we're saying, in fact, because it's so difficult, the outcome, not of the situation where you can't always turn it around, it's what it does inside to us. Yeah. And we now know, I mean, even the team of caregivers that work with my wife, the whole town is like this. We're all grieving. She had such a tremendous impact and so inspiring, her strength, her courage, her sacrifices, even in the midst of her suffering. Mm -hmm. So caregivers suffer too, and caregivers grieve also. It's how we learn to do it mm -hmm. and take care of ourselves in the midst of it that's going to matter an awful lot for the future. Yes. And, Remember, and there's more caregivers coming on board now. And more will be needed. And many more are going to be needed. Yes. So that's why we're going to emphasize that. We'll be coming back to this topic. We sure will. Again, our hearts are with the families of the 13 young people, or soldiers, who were killed in that terrible, vile, evil thing that was done. And all the Afghanis that are suffering, too. Yes. It's horrible. It so there's no whitewashing this. This was a horror. But those families are going to need our love and support, and so are all the veterans who are being triggered with all the pain they're in of serving and what they went through in Afghanistan and now seeing this mm -hmm. come to this. It's tearing them apart. Our hearts are with you. Yeah, our hearts are with you. And Thank we're you. very grateful for your service. Yeah. And if you ever need it, whatever you need, we're here for you. We're here for you. Mm -hmm. The Survivor's Guide to Life podcast is sponsored by SC Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 nonprofit charity. 
Uh, we depend on them to keep us on the air and on YouTube, so please consider donating them to them at sctraumatreatment.org. Our website is thesurvivorsguidetolife.com, where you'll find links to all of our audio podcast outlets and to our YouTube channel. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, please like and share. Uh, we are at 707-781-3335 or Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com. Let us know if you have questions or comments, and please join us again next time. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourself.